I used to record my own homemade books on tape when I was a kid and make my little sister listen to them all the time. Even when I wrote Céline's interior monologues, I was reading them out loud because I wanted them to have that cumulative, propulsive logic. I've been told by people who recorded books that it's a thing. I didn't expect it to be because you're actually just sitting here with a pillow on your lap and everyone's very nice to you. Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet children's fiction and nonfiction author, Oluk Bemisola Rude Perkovic, author of Pulitzer Prize finalist The Idiot, Elif Batuman, and The New Yorker staff writer, Tad Friend. Press play to hear the personal reasons they were inspired to write their audiobooks and what they hope listeners will take away. Enjoy! Hi, this is Olugbemi Sola Rude Perkovich, author of May Makes Away, the true story of May Reeves, hat and history maker. I was inspired to write this book by speaking with Donna Limerick, May's daughter. When she told the stories of working in the store and all the activity and things that were going on while May was just being so creative and inventive and just a part of the community in such a special way, it really inspired me. And I wanted to share that with young readers. And it reminded me of my grandmother and my mother and the ways that they loved hats and loved to dress up and really made a lot of their own things and really made a way for themselves in this country and really used their creativity as a way to overcome a lot of challenges the same way that May did. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be thrilling. I have wanted to do this since I was a little girl. I used to record my own homemade books on tape when I was a kid and make my little sister listen to them all the time. So this is definitely a dream come true. I realized I had trouble pronouncing Vidalia, Vidalia. I've heard it both ways, and so I practiced it a few different ways and struggled with that one a little bit. I'm really excited for listeners to hear about the ways that May did so many different things by just bending and folding and adding little touches of creativity to her work. And she was able to do this and create so much joy for all kinds of people. It was a really special place. Her store was not just a millinery. It really was a community center. And Having all kinds of people, all different races in the shop, all different socioeconomic levels, that was a very, very special thing, and it was unique. And May just seemed to do it all with so much grace and warmth. I love the idea of thinking about that, and I love the ideas of readers getting a chance to think about ways that they could sort of be of service to their community in the same way that May was. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast Kristen Ariza. She's the narrator of one of my other books, Operation Sisterhood, and she's fantastic. She has such warmth and authority in her voice, and it's just such a nice combination. 
I think she's a wonderful reader. The last audiobook that I listened to and loved was kind of a surprise for me. My dad has been asking me to read The Warden by Anthony Trollope since I was a little girl. And even though I like a lot of older classic fiction, I was kind of eh, not that enthusiastic about that one. I don't know if it was the title. I was just like, eh, I don't know. But I just listened to the audiobook version read by Timothy West, and it is fantastic. The story was thrilling. There was a lot of tension. I called my dad like, wow, I love this book. And he was very, very happy. And I had to eat a little humble pie because it was fantastic. I love listening to audiobooks while I'm cleaning. Cleaning is not exactly my favorite thing to do, but I have to do a lot of it. And listening to stories while I'm cleaning is something that makes it a lot of fun. I also love to listen during meals. Sometimes my daughter and I will sit and listen to stories while we're eating, and it's just a really special time for us. When my daughter was little, like, for her first three years, it was almost all audiobooks, too, and I feel like that really helped her become a strong reader. And now... Listen to a clip from my audiobook. Ruffly skirts and puffy sleeves. Fussy frills and rows of ribbons. Grandma Lula dressed little May all fancy, like a tiny doll. May didn't want to be a doll. She wanted to go outside and play in the dirt. But in those fancy clothes... May told a beautiful story. She offered hope during hard days. Hi, this is Elif Batuman, author of Either Or. Either Or is a sequel. It's a follow-up to my first novel, The Idiot, and it really grew out of the experience of being in the world while The Idiot came out primarily from conversations with wonderful readers and with all kinds of people and by things that were going on in the world right then. The Idiot was a book that I I turned it in and we thought Hillary would be the president. And then I was recording the audiobook like in the days leading up to the Trump inauguration. So it was a very dramatic time. As I was presenting The Idiot in that unexpected climate, I realized a lot of things about it that made me want to write a follow-up book. So this is a sequel to that. Returning to the studio to record Either Or felt like an uninterrupted delight because the people are so wonderful. The director and the sound engineer are such fantastic people. It's post-COVID now, so we wear masks and the director is remote. So that's a difference. The first time I recorded, it was at the Penguin Building on Hudson Street, which is no longer a Penguin Building. So now we're on the west side in Midtown. So the world keeps changing. And yet, when I recorded in 2017, it was January, and this time it's the end of March, and it's been the same temperature. It's been in the 20s and 30s and snowing, even though it's March. What I noticed about voicing the continuation of Céline's story is how much life changes at the years of life in which these books are set. So in The Idiot, she turns 19, and in Either Or, she turns 20. And just in that short year, she's already thinking 
of things in ways that she didn't in The Idiot. She's saying things, having conversations that she wouldn't have in The Idiot. And it's something that I was conscious of as I was writing, how to maintain continuity and growth at the same time. And it was something that I noticed in The Voice as well. I do not know as much about acting technique as I wish to express that, but it was definitely something that I was thinking about that was interesting. I'm excited that listeners will get to actually hear Céline's interior monologues. I mean, even when I wrote them, I was reading them out loud because I wanted them to have that cumulative, propulsive logic. And I almost feel that, although some parts of the book are very written, I do think of those as somehow being spoken, and I feel that maybe you get a different and valuable experience from hearing it out loud. At least I hope so. In either or, there's a part where Céline tries to read Proust, and she doesn't have a great experience and doesn't get into it. And that's true to my experience when I was her age. And that was one reason I wanted to write about it was to dramatize and to remember what it was that I found alienating about Proust, because in the intervening years, I came to adore In Search of Lost Time, and it was hugely influential for me. And actually, the best audiobook I listened to recently, it's not a reading exactly, it's a dramatization. It's a six-hour-long BBC Four production of all of In Search of Lost Time. It's one hour per book. And it has some famous actors in it. I think Harriet Walter is something in it. The really amazing thing is that it's narrated by this older man, but it has his childhood voice. But then sometimes the older man comes in and like comments on it. And I just thought that the whole thing would be really hokey because it's like this little kid who's yelling, you know, mama, mama. And then you hear the older guy come in and he's like, mama, mama. Oh, God. And he's, you know, like feeling embarrassed and upset about those things. I don't know how it is, but they've done it so well. I've just found it so moving and so funny. And it's also just really incredible how they adapted the story. They even made little tiny plot changes to get it to all fit in six hours. And I feel like I learned about adaptation and how you can take a work and convey it into another form. I just found that a wonderful, wonderful experience. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. Listening to Svetlana talk, I fluctuated between believing that something really good had happened to her and experiencing a profound sense of alienation. She described the intense relationships that she had formed with boring-sounding freshmen through trust exercises, games, and activities that had been devised over the years for just this purpose. She didn't seem disturbed, as I would have been, by the idea that it was an experience designed for you to make you feel a certain way. Hi, this is Tad Friend, author of In the Early Times. I wrote my book because I was trying to make sense of my father and get closer to him as he was dying. And I thought that Sort of putting it down on the page might help me come to grips with the fact that he was dying and come to understand better the ways in which we were similar and different. I ended up having to rewrite the book three times for various reasons that you will be able to figure out if you listen to it. So I guess if I had to describe the experience of recording the audiobook in one word, it would be exhausting. I've been told by people who recorded books that it is a lot, it's a thing. 
I didn't expect it to be because you're actually just sitting here with a pillow on your lap and in one place and not moving and the temperature is perfect and everyone's very nice to you. But sort of sinking into each sentence and realizing all the subtle gradations that you're probably getting somewhat wrong, even though you wrote it, as your reading is hard and it takes a lot of concentration. And I would sort of stagger out of the studio like a an emotional drunk at the end of the day and bang into lampposts basically going home. What I realize is that things that in my head when I'm reading them to myself seem felicitous are often really hard to say, especially like when you have a lot of L sounds and R sounds back to back or C sounds, like even just the phrase Indonesia in or in Indonesia, which seems pretty simple if it's in the middle of a sentence, turns out to like just stop me like a stone wall. There was a phrase, I think, heirs to ancient lineages of wound lickers and grudge nursers, which is a big chewy mouthful that might go okay when you're reading it with your eyes, but it's a lot harder (laughs) with your ears. So it actually made me think about maybe uh, whittling some of those meaty gobbets out next time. I was pleased that we only had to do one retake because of inadvertent noise. Of course, there are plenty of retakes we did because my stomach was gurgling or I had a lot of mouth noise or something, but only one sort of slipped through to the engineers, and apparently that was a low number, but actually sort of weird to be proud of it because it's not something that I actually had anything to do with, but nonetheless, I'm taking credit for it now. I would really love to have a young Sean Connery read my book just because it would sound so different and sexy and all the things that I'm probably not, and I think it'd be kind of cool just to sort of imagine someone wearing a tuxedo and reading my book. A thing I became aware of as I was reading was that my voice is just basically one flavor, and we have listened to some of the Harry Potter, and it's just extraordinary that one person can make themselves sound so distinctively like 50 or 60 different characters. I think I end up sounding, even when I'm trying to quote my wife or my father or my kids, I think it sounds like me, but, you know, done very slightly differently, and I don't feel like I can inhabit different characters the way that he could. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. Strangers often told me how wonderful my father was. Wait, my father, I think? They met a different man, the handsome polymath with the much-stamped passport, the earnest charmer. At conference dinners, he'd linger over the sauterne to draw out his seatmate's knowledge of Persian poetry. Once, with a Korean who spoke almost no English, he was able to convey baseball's arcane bulk rule, using only pantomime. His pockets were always full of business cards inscribed with pleas to keep in touch, as if you were a human wailing wall. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more behind-the-mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash next listen.